This episode of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs. We cover many genres, including sports, business, mental health, marketing, and entertainment. Featuring podcasts such as Sports Bring People Together, Limitless, Saviors of the Metaverse, and The Athletic Mindset. Learn more at castsource.com slash podcast. Now, without further ado, let's get into the Buffalonian Podcast. The Buffalo Bills overcome the 13 seconds and defeat the Kansas City Chiefs. The Buffalo Sabres season has begun with a 1-1 record. We'll be talking Would You Rather, some hot takes, trivia, and more. This is the Buffalonian Podcast. All right, let's go. are back with the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly and I am joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino. All three of us back for this week's episode. It's good to have everyone back in here. Looking forward to it. Lots of good things to talk about today. Minus one Sabres game that kind of didn't go our way, but without further ado, let's get into some Bills talk. Patrick Mahomes threw an interception 13 seconds into his final drive. It's been reversed. The curse is reversed. How do we feel? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Happy Happy to just get a win. Still uh, got to wait for that to uh, happen in the playoffs. Exactly. The yeah. true revenge I mean, game. That is one thing. This is a regular season game. We did beat them in the regular season last year, so it is nothing new, nothing exciting. It's pretty much the same old, same old for the Buffalo Bills, but, you know, just the way last season ended. The half t- At halftime, it was pretty reminiscent of that. Would you agree? 12 seconds left, and they went down and got a... Uh, franchise record for Butker, didn't he? First game back, 62-yarder. Yeah, probably would have been good from like 70. That was a bomb. <laughs> yeah. That no, was he... really annoying, but <laughs> it was just poor playing again. Really poor execution. I scrubbed the kick that time, which I, was a positive. Look at that. Yep, they so learned that, from their that, mistake, that, but it didn't help anything. Well, so. <laughs> that would have t- taken out four seconds of clock. Um, well, the first play after that was they dumped it off to McKinnon, and he somehow was able to get out of bounds and get 20 yards that was really poor and then the next play is just kind of was a cheeky pass to kelsey so wasn't the the bill's best moment uh but the defense stood tall mostly throughout the game and just you know kept the chiefs in check long enough for the offense to get that one final drive yeah i'd have to say the defense i think for me is the i know we talk about you know who stepped up and what whatnot this is separate from that i think who, what we've added on defense is a big difference in the game from last season to this season. You know, I mean, just that final play, disguised as man coverage, but it was zone, and then it was ha- half zone, half man. Yeah, half zone, half man, and then Von Miller rolls inside, gets the inside lane, forces Mahomes out. Milano's coming, and then tied for second in the NFL with sacks with six. Yeah, he's that half sack behind whoever's who was first. I don't remember the name. Highsmith. I mean, you can't argue with that. Alex Highsmith leads the NFL. Wait, is that that's Jeez. true? Highsmith? That's Steelers. Yeah, I believe he leads the league in sacks. No, that's probably right. That's insane. Speaking of Steelers, Trubisky had a good showing when he came back into the game against Brady and the Bucks. So. Yeah, made that win last week look a little bit better. But I think this was an important game for both teams to win. Happy that the Bills. I had to say this though: the national media and Chiefs fans absolutely clowning on Bills fans for saying this is their Super Bowl is really hysterical. 
Oh yeah. I'm sorry. It's just it's just like no, they're they're just mad. Like I, that's that's all you could say. You're I, just you're mad. I just had to say to all these Chiefs fans, like, why do they feel the right that they can act like they're like the three time defending Super Bowl champs? They're not. Seriously. They've won one Super they, they Bowl. They've won. You guys, listen. They've won one more than the Bills. Like, congrats. And you lost to a middle aged dude having a midlife crisis listen, that was losing. Like, <laughs> like, come on. They like lost Tom Brady. by. Tw- they have a 20 point Super Bowl loss two years ago, and they blew, I think, an 18 point deficit last in the AFC Championship game at home. Like, where do they get, like, the audacity to talk all this smack? Because they think they're, they're, they're entitled. They think they're the best. And granted, they're a good team. There's no question about it. But, I mean,. Firing on all cylinders was the Buffalo Bills that game, and that's we we got the we got the victory safe and sound. And granted, people are excited just because of the way last season ended. I don't see anyone acting like it's a Super Bowl. I mean, I hear everyone saying what Mike's saying. Just the regular season, we got to do it again in the postseason. We're gonna see him again, you know. And the whole team said that we got to get this game in Orchard Park, right? And this, I think, will do that. This win right here, this would be big. Well, I think Jeremy White of WGR won. Uh, Kansas City Radio, and the first question they asked him was, how's the parade going? And I think he responded very good of like, oh, I think this is an important game for the Bills so they can host this game. They see each other again in Buffalo. So I th- think, it did matter for Buffalo, yeah, in fact. And yeah. It mattered for both teams. Both teams, you know. What was that percentage that you pulled out last week? You said if we won this, we had a 60-something percent if, chance if of getting the, the homes. Well, the, see, now that the Bills have won. Bills now are five and one, which is a game up on everyone in the AFC, and they are also up on all three division winners mm-hmm. at the proper moment. Yeah, because uh, Tennessee, Baltimore, and Kansas City—they've all beaten. <laughs> and like, please tell me a team. This is another thing that makes me like upset about like people trashing the Bills. Like, please name a better team, a team that has a better road resume than the Bills. Two home games and we're five and they, one. They beat Baltimore on the road. They beat Kansas City on the road, and oh. they absolutely smashed LA on the road. Exactly. And one thing I want to point out about Baltimore and KC: close games come from behind victories. One uh, score. One score. It's possible. Oh my gosh! Josh Allen can't win a one-score game. I don't want to hear that ever again. That was a 2020 stat, or last season. 2021. Stat. 2021. 2020. He was the, the, these close games. He actually did win. That, it's just inflated because of last season, and we did it again. I mean, the Ravens. Especially, there's there's no question the Bills can do it. I think I've seen the Colin Coward meme going around today, where the Bills media team again strikes. Well, and... you got to take that down. <laughs> yeah, but, but I think this is an important game for the Bills in the aspect of they are now easily have the one seed all to themselves, and this is different from I, I think what what is this win is way more impressive than the win from last year in Kansas City. Because yes. if you look at what Kansas City was this year compared to last year, I know people are going to talk about Tyree Kill not being there. But it, yeah. but the Chiefs' defense when the Bills played them last year was arguably the worst defense of all time. They, were, they were on a slump when we played them bad. And then offensively, they were still in that people playing that too high safety, they couldn't figure it out. And Mahomes was throwing all those interceptions. This year, like the Chiefs had the number one offense. Their defense, while still not great, is better than the worst defense of all time. Right, they so, have a good secondary and a good pass rush. Not the best, but not the worst, you know. And they're still at home. And the Bills, honest, like I think the Bills in that Sunday night game p- played pretty close to their ceiling. I would say the Bills did not play particularly close to their ceiling this week. 
That's when I yeah. broke my toe on your fridge. I remember that. Game. Yeah, they, <laughs> I, I would say both. It was interesting. I would say both teams really played their B games. Yeah, and maybe you want to. I honestly want to say Kansas City played maybe better than their B game, but I would say Buffalo definitely played their B game. I mean. We'll talk about who, who was bad and who was good. So right. I, I'll, I mean, I, I'll stop yeah, well, getting into that far. But, again, it's a big win. This is different from last – it's a better win from last year. And this is, you know, the part of the season where the Bills now, after they beat Kansas City, their season started to fall apart a little bit, and they won that slump. Mm-hmm. The Bills cannot afford to go on the slump this year. I'm glad we have the bye week right now. But they no, have the bye. Bye week's huge. They're mm-hmm. going to get healthy. Trey? Trey's coming back. I yeah, assume against the god awful Green Bay Packers. So yeah, that that game's not looking too bad. Obviously, the Jets. <laughs> did, you see, did you see Aaron Rodgers? Oh, we have to simplify the offense. Yeah, then, and the coach is like, I don't, I don't know, know what, what he that means. means. <laughs> Aaron this... Rodgers back on those psychedelics, man. Just should have retired. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You know what? I apologize, Mike. I know Mike does the trivia around here, so I may be stealing a stat or uh, you know a potential a question, question. Potential question, but maybe. When was the last time the Bills were five and one? Let me think. This is weird. Mike and I are answering a trivia question. This has never happened. I have another before. one after this. I have two. Lined Let's see. Up. We were zero one. No, we were like four and two last year. Home game. Uh, home. I'm gonna say it was like a random year, like 2000, like 11 or something. Okay, Joe. I think Fitz, you had a run. I would say Fitz Magic. Yeah, I would say probably 2010, 2019. Really, Josh mm-hmm. Allen? Really? Mm-hmm. And we dropped to what ten and six. Ten and six. They started off five one. I had to. Remember, I gotta look up their schedule. Who they beat? But they remember that was you. They started off three and zero against the two New York teams, Cincinnati. Then they got didn't get smoked by New England, but Josh drew like what four picks? Yeah, I uh, want to say. Yeah, and then that was before he took that big step into his career into the you know. Yeah, they beat Tennessee, and then they beat Miami, and then I think they end up losing the next game to the Eagles to go to five and two. Was that the year Micah Hyde had that great yes. onside kick so return? My next question is the Bills are five and one. One's the, they have a potential to be six and one. When's the last time they won six and one? We going back to Fitzmagic era here? I'm gonna say no. it's probably the Super Bowl era. Mm-hmm. I'll say like ninety ninety three. I'll say ninety ninety one. Ninety three. last year they went to the Super Bowl, they started off seven and one actually. So it's it's definitely um, interesting. Obviously, the last two years they started off four and one, then lost their uh, sixth game to Kansas City in twenty, and then last yeah. year, obviously, the Monday Nighter, right to the Titans. So it's just important for the Bills that they started off this again. You know, if we're talking about our general thoughts, like we also had to discuss, like the first six games of the year, four, I would say, really hard road games, or decently hard. Yeah, road didn't games. you see the the Vikings were just in Miami? And they showed pictures of the sidelines mm-hmm. and how there's like a 30 degree difference in temperature. Yeah, it was yeah. Like one. It was like barely. It was like 85 for Miami, and it was like 125. Or yeah, something. like that's, no, it, it that's is insane. actually unsafe. I would say for a lot of these. Players. I mean, you gotta give Miami credit. That's a pretty good advantage. I mean, it's you've been a whole new level of the home field advantage. Did you see the, the on the Vikings Dolphins game the celebration that the uh, the Vikings did in the end zone? Yeah. They did. They pulled everyone out of the book. The gritty. They were doing CPR on someone. They did the waddle in front. I, I just absolutely disrespected Jaden Jalen Waddle. And then Mike <laughs> like, Mike Gusecki said he's retiring from doing the gritty. The long gritty. Oh, his gritty's bad. His gritty is bad. Mike Gusecki. That was the worst one. Mac Jones was eh. I remember he no, did that Mike in the Gusecki's Pro Bowl last is pretty year. bad. Mike yeah. Gusecki's was terrible, but. Yours is getting better though, Dom. I, I, we I, used to compare you to Mike Gusecki. I know. I, I've I've improved slowly, but slowly but surely. But I, I again, it just it you know I think anyone would take the Bills being five and one going to their bye, especially with the teams 
they've beaten. Mm-hmm. You know, no disrespect to I'm you know, I'm disrespect to Miami. Miami's three and three, and they're just I think they're the curse. They pooped. I, I think they could potentially maybe get back into the wild card race, but I find it hard for them to get back to beat Buffalo in the division. So no, yeah, I think the the Bills in their their schedule from Green Bay forward. I don't want to say it's not as it's not as difficult as the beginning of the season was. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more home games. No, we were we were tested early this year. Yeah, and then look at we got all these injuries and we're still five and one. Yeah. You know what? I would agree with the fact of I think their first six games are considerably harder, but I would say the second half of their schedule is a little bit harder than I think a lot of us anticipated it being. Mm-hmm. Just because well, the, the, the pa- AFC East is well, looking pretty good right now. Just because I mean. the Patriots aren't as bad as we all thought they would be. They're at least decent. The Jets are decent. The Jets, though, I, I'd say, credit to them, but Zach Wilson had, was really bad on They're, Sunday. Brees Hall is their saving grace right now, the ground game. I, I think that's their biggest No, the def- the defense is their saving grace. because Yeah, I give credit to Robert Sala there. Ro- Robert Sala's done a good job, but... They're a little. I think. Do Fla- you think Flacco comes back in at some point? No, no. no. Flacco is really bad. <laughs> what about Mike White? No. I should have been the number one overall pick. No. Zach Wilson's <laughs> been very good when he's clean. I saw a stat where he's like four twenty-three of like five picks through three games when he's pressured. So that's gonna be big for the Bills when they, we'll talk about that. Obviously, when they play them, but they're playing the Bengals later too. And Minnesota's at least. I don't think Minnesota's five and one good, but they're a solid team. So they they have some solid games, but again, the only team. If we're really looking at it from the Bills' perspective, the Chargers and the Bengals are the only two teams. I mean, the Chiefs, I think, had the Do best. Do play the Chargers in the no. regular season? The Chiefs have the best chance of catching the Bills, even though that they're down a game. Mm-hmm. But I'd say the Bengals probably have the second best odds because they're 3-3 three and three and they play the Bills down the road. But the Bengals' end-of-season stretch is terrible. So, But they could wrap up a lot of wins. And then the Chargers are only a game back, technically, of the Bills. But... The Bills beat the Chiefs and the Chargers have, and that's a common opponent. So, mm-hmm. wow. I mean, looking at the the Chiefs' schedule, Chiefs have a tough schedule. It's not it's not easy, but I mean, it's not as daunting as it was. It's a little bit different. It's not as daunting as it was because next daunting. week, daunting, daunting. Thank you, thank you. Gauntleting. See, look, see, look <laughs> where I would be without you, Mike. If you weren't here like, like last week, I would just have kept saying that word. What a nice guy. But uh, the Niners obviously are banged up. The Rams. Haven't played really up to their potential. Well, honestly, both teams from the Super Bowl are kind of in a slump. Yeah, then they play the Bengals as well. They play the Chargers again. They mm-hmm. play the Raiders again. And then the Broncos, the Broncos. Now, play. I want to pose a question to both of you before we move on to analyzing more of the Bills-Chiefs game. What do you think? Like, the Eagles are 6-0, and right? Mm-hmm. But they've played the Detroit Lions, the Washington Commanders, the Minnesota Vikings, Cooper Rush, Dallas Cowboys... And who who else? Am I? I, I don't even. Can't know. talk trash about the Cooper Rush Dallas Cowboys. Cooper you Rush picked them to win. I know. I picked them to win, and I also picked the Giants but and the Jets. But. This is this is what I'll say. I think the Eagles are a good team, but I do get a vibe of like I get a smell the of fraudulence from them a little the Steelers. bit. I think they're a better team than both of those teams, but like I don't think they're going to be at the end of the season this juggernaut. No team. I think like, it's the NFC. Feared. Let's put a veil of. I think they're a good confusion. team. I picked them to win the NFC East, and you did good for yeah. you. I, I, yeah, and I think they're a good team, but I think they are going to slide. I don't I, think they're Super Bowl bound. I will say this. I think maybe NFC Championship. I will mm-hmm. say this. Whatever their odds are currently to get the most wins, have the best record in the NFL, I'd be hitting that. I they're, think they fall they, off. No, no, they're going to be the one seed in the NFC. Look at where everyone else is. Look at their schedule. Their schedule is cake. Walk. 
Let me. What did they finish last year in the division? Two. They made the playoffs last year. They, they lost to Tampa in the two. wild card. Their schedule is cakewalk. Read their schedule yeah, off, I'm Joe. I'm reading it off. It's cakewalk. Okay, so next game they they have the bye week this week too. Um, next game October 30th against the Steelers. November 3rd Texans. November 14th Commanders. November 20th the Colts. November 27th the Packers. December 4th Titans. December 11th Giants. December 18th Bears. December 24th Cowboys. And January 1st, the Saints. And January 8th, New York Giants. That's 13 wins at least. I'm sorry, that's that's 13 wins. I think, again, I think they're a good team, but I think they're going to slide. I, I I don't see them. I think, I think, go I, I think no, they'll go 13 and 4. You know, what? you know what? I think I can agree that they could be the one seed. Because Tampa is not the Tampa they were a few years ago. No. They're, the Tom NFC issues. West is just kind of... A mess right now. Mid. Mid. And then NFC North, like, I don't see the Vikings being number one. I don't see the Packers going on a massive run. So, yeah, I, I could legit see the Eagles being the one seed. Right now, the only thing that would be, like, I don't know. I just think they're, like, the I would consider them to be pretty decent favorites to go out of the NFC. Other than if, if Tampa could get their, you know, stuff together, and if Dallas, maybe, if if Dak comes back and plays with adventures, I think they could hmm. potentially have a case. But other than that, like other than those three teams, like I don't think anyone's real. I mean, Minnesota, I guess, is kind of could, but I don't trust Kirk Cousins in the yeah, playoffs. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, you know, we're gonna step back to the Bills, but I, I think the Eagles are overwhelmingly favorite to be the number one seed in the NFC, and I think they have a goodest chance as any to go to the Super Bowl. And they're a good team. They're a good team. I mm-hmm. mean, we do like put them against the Bills. Compare them. Like, what Compare do you them? what do you think? Like, if they were to play us next week, say they didn't have a bye and they were, and we didn't and we were playing each other. How does that game go? I'm gonna play it on a neutral field, mm-hmm. like the Super Bowl. I would think the Bills would be three point favorites. So they technically be a home team favorite, quote unquote, because the no. three points. No, it's just three points. Like I think if they played it, it. Well, no, I think the Bills. I'm sorry, the Bills would be like four or five point, four, four point favorites. So I think if they played in Philadelphia, I think the Bills would be a point favorite. I think if they played in Buffalo, they might be like a touchdown favorite. Mm-hmm. That's fair. But like no, if it's... they played on a neutral field, it'd probably be about a four points. They probably think that they're a little bit better than. The, if they play in Philadelphia, they probably give the favor to the Bills. So that's how I look at it. Both teams have good defenses. Both teams seem to have good coaching tests. Other than the fact that the Eagles, for every reason, in the second half suck offensively. Yeah, no, I don't know what's the up Cowboys with that. The Cowboys actually started making a move in the third quarter a little bit. Mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of stalled, but then they brought it back. So The Eagles have some good wideouts. They have a good offensive line, good running game, really good defense. But That's one thing I think we're lacking is Sanders. You know what I mean? That kind of a running Sanders back. Sanders isn't an elite running back, though. Right, but him they're, single, no, they're no. running him the right way. Yeah, we're, but him and Singletary. I mean, no. Singletary had a game, though. I mean, him and Singletary are the same. The difference is the matter between the Bills and the Eagles, how they're constructed, is that the Eagles are paying their quarterback peanuts. But the fact is Josh Allen is at least a tier or two above Jalen Hurts. So Josh say. Allen's arguably the best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. I don't... Yeah, no, there's, yeah. there is Allen Mahomes... In their own juggernaut tier, and then you have tier one, two, and three. Yeah, and tier Her- one. Hertz is like Hertz is probably tier two, so mm-hmm. that's probably the difference. And then I'm sick of hearing though the four Brady, Rogers, Mahomes, and Allen. I, you got to separate them. Mahomes sure, and Allen. Top. Sure. And based off this year, that the those two vets probably drop. So that, that's, that's that, you're, you're right. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. They both should have retired. Yep. Um, so looking back at the Bills Chiefs game as we got a little sidetracked, uh, let's look at. 
the positive players who stepped up, coaches included, and the yeah. people that uh, uh, fell short. So, Mike, you know what? You start us I'll off. start with the, the big fish free agent there, Von Miller. Two sacks, mm-hmm. making a difference on that last play, caused Mahomes to eventually throw that pick. Um, and he's playing, I think I saw a stat, he has six sacks, and he only plays, like, what, 60% of defensive snaps? If that. Yeah. Yeah. If that. So, the they fact that we're him keeping so him, the fact that we're keeping him fresh, and the fact that he's staying healthy because he is 33 years old, like... It's just paying dividends. Plus, you know, it gives guys like Russo and Oliver and Basham, all these young guys, you know, he's a really good mentor for them. Mm-hmm. And just overall, like, he's, he's just made such a difference. And, you know, I look at the last play, he kind of broke through. And then also Milano standing there, causing Mahomes to double clutch that and then throw it. And then Taron is able to jump the route, get the pick, go down, like, no, Tony Romo couldn't believe it. Oh, he also predicted the exact score before the game started. Yeah, he said twenty four twenty. But that was that was a designed rush by Vaughn to go yeah. to the inside to break his chain. And it's I, nice having an elite pass rusher. It mm-hmm. is nice having an elite pass pass rusher. It's also nice having legit defensive tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean we're seeing out these two linebackers. They're playing at a high level because they're getting kept clean. Jermaine had some really nice plays. No, shout, shout out Jordan Poyer for driving 15 hours to get there. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it wasn't just a rib injury; it a collapsed lung. Yeah, like the, where was that in the injury report? Nah, he, well, he needs well, that anyway. bye week. <laughs> yeah, no, they need that. He definitely needs that bye week. But, but what a trooper! I mean, went and played the entire game too, and played mm-hmm. well. So, but having legit defensive tackles like Daquan Jones, obviously they had Oliver, but subtle, and having Jordan Phillips back, it's helped. One, put pressure on the quarterback from the inside of the pocket, but it's also kept these linebackers clean while they're playing at a high level, so they deserve to get shout out. But the man need, that needs to get shout out is Leslie Frazier because yeah. <laughs> yep. he, for every reason, he never gets a head coaching position, which is insane. I think also he's like loved in Buffalo, but when they lose in the playoffs, he's, he's the always the, sta- the scapegoat. Yeah. He's always a scapegoat. So is McDermott, to be honest. Both of them get... A lot, of, a lot, of, a lot of hate. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, that last playoff game, they shouldn't have been playing such soft. No, coverage. no, he made a mistake. There's absolutely no doubt. But overall, body of work. Mm-hmm. No, no, you gotta respect <laughs> Leslie Frazier as a coach. Well, what I like what they did is that they adjusted their game plan. One specifically to the Chiefs. ESPN read a stat where the Bills were like 28 percent man coverage against the Chiefs. They were 54 percent. So they really, you know, physically challenged these receivers. I also liked how they adjusted throughout the game. In the beginning of the game, they did what they normally do against Mahomes, which is rush four and just don't do anything. Well, if you be really disciplined for rushes, mm-hmm. they're like, not blitzing or anything. Try and contain. Obviously, they got they got the interception out of it because mm-hmm. they were able to contain him. And boogie profession, and it was a really nice play by Elam. But then the touchdown to Juju. First off, terrible tackling. But yeah, three guys. <laughs> but that's third and ten, and they just kind of you 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 see everyone kind of just standing making like keeping their lane closed and Mahomes is able to you know stand there for like seven seconds and then throw it to Juju which would have at least been the first down if it wasn't even with the bad tackling but I like that they adjusted to having a three-man rush and they said you three rushers at the end of the game was Rousseau, Miller, Oliver just go Mm -hmm. just go don't worry about your rush because what we're going to have is we're going to have a fourth person a la Matt Milano, yeah. spy, and wherever he goes, Matt's going to follow. And then behind him, we're going to play with our two safeties. We're going to play 
Dane Jackson. We're going to split time with the other side of Elam and Benford. We're going to have Terry Johnson. And then the two, and then we're going to have Tremaine. And then we're going to also use Saran Neal mm-hmm. as like. They had everyone. <laughs> as like the a linebacker, but more of a pass. I mean, he was a little bit brutal, I'm not going to lie. So they over they overthought Saran Neal a little bit. Yeah. With the whole Kelsey thing. That's what, this what one thing that makes me really frustrated with the Bills is that they always get killed. Then Listen. The stats are always true that they do very well against tight ends, but they always get killed by Kelsey, and they never draft or like really go after like a nickel linebacker hybrid mm-hmm. who can do that, who well, can take Saran Neal's. But but to Saran Neal's credit, him playing so physical throughout the game definitely did wear out Kelsey at the end. So it worked out. He also, I mean, he only played twelve snaps, and I think he had like three penalties. So yeah, a little a little brutal. But I, Leslie Frazier deserves a ton of props for playing. For game playing to your opponent and making in game adjustments, and they mm-hmm. held the Chiefs to twenty points. Yeah, and that was that was their full ar- arsenal too. Like mm-hmm. it's you know shout out QB one. Yeah, only quarterback to beat Mahomes twice at Arrowhead. And wasn't this the twice, first time yeah. Mahomes was not favored? The Kansas City Chiefs were not favored at home against an opponent at home. And mm-hmm. more air, Josh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the I mean icing on the cake. Well, obviously, if you switch it to the. Um, offensive side of the ball. Obviously, the defense played a great game offensively. I think Knox finally. They need to involve. Yeah, great, great for Dawson Knox to get that game-winning touchdown. Yeah, that was awesome. But they do need. Inv- I think there's. I hope Josh is starting to look for him a little bit more because I think he needs to be utilized a little. He more. needs to be option three more now. I mean, obviously, Gabe has been the guy that's really stepped up and been the number two wide out. He didn't have a catch in the second half, which I thought was interesting. They probably. I think they had coverage on him pretty. He good. only has 14 catches this year. Yeah, and, so, uh, he has like five, four, almost four hundred yards. Yeah, that's kind of insane. Just probably he had I, a Randy Moss stat line in the first half two weeks ago against the Steelers. Yeah, yeah I ho- the only thing I hope with Gabe is that he becomes a little bit more of a overall route tree receiver and he could do some of the other stuff. But they use him very well. Obviously, Diggs is they he's moved. their guy. That's that's why wide well, receiver number. They one. did a good job moving him around, but it's like that third option needs to be more dependable. And Knox hasn't yet had a drop this year. You know, we talk about Dawson drops in the past. He hasn't yeah. dropped a pass. So Dawson like, drops was pretty, he was there like that 2020 season, 2019 season. It wasn't until last season where he really, in my opinion, well, yeah, popped off. I, th- I just hope he gets more opportunities. Cause I think we're going to talk in a second, but I won't talk about it right now. But, you know, Joe, before we talk about who was bad, talk, you know, who do you think you st- stepped up offensively? Well, Obviously, Josh did, Diggs, uh, yeah, those guys. Easy answers. Josh, Diggs, Davis, Knox, game-winning touchdown. Defense, I would definitely say Leslie Frazier. He ran that defense like it was a well-oiled machine. It was fantastic to watch. My guy, I'm going to turn my mic volume down here a little bit, just preemptively. You're welcome, listeners. <laughs> Motor in! Turn it back up. Devin Singletary averaged about 10 yards per carry. That's not true. Yeah. In the first half, I don't think he had a ten-year. No, he didn't. Yeah, he. What, Not, let's that, pull listen, up. he had. I think he had the final total for him was seventeen carries for eighty-five yards, and I think he he had like twelve carries for eighty yards at the at the end of the first half. Let's fact check. Which would not be eight yards per carry, but it would be pretty darn good. He had a really good game. I thought the Bills' offensive line did a good job keeping Allen clean for the most part. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Spencer Brown going down. Hopefully, he's all right. They were able to run the ball very well in the first half. Second half was a little bit more congested. Motorhead had a very good game. Very good game. He had one play, though, that made me, like, scream at him. And yeah. I, oh, sorry. Six yards of carry. 
But still, he's he stepped up in my opinion. I mean, I know the player about to say, so I'm gonna you say, say it. you I'm, say no, it. no, no. I'm gonna say my good stuff first. I'll let you rail on him because he's he's not he's my good guy. I don't want to I don't want to say anything. No, he didn't have a. It was just the one third. I believe it was third. No, I'm sorry. It was second three. For the third one, he got it was second three, and he had the first down pretty much. If he runs four, and he danced like McKenzie did against the Ravens and didn't get the first down, and then I believe the Bills turned that ball didn't get the first down at all. So that was the one like, what do you do in play? But yeah, he deserves some praise. That offensive line deserves some praise too. Yeah, they opened the holes for him. I mean, I think this just goes to show Singletary can do what you need him to do. He looked like he did in the postseason last year. Towards the end of the season, he was running. Well, getting the yard, he he was dragging. He dragged a couple guys on one play. Like he, he did what he was supposed to do. I mean, Zach Moss is just taking up space on this roster, <laughs> uh, in my opinion. He's just doing nothing. So well, he is doing nothing. He got healthy scratched. Yeah. It, well, it's interesting too because Mike alluded to how they were keeping Von fresh. Von played seventy six percent of the defensive snaps. Mm-hmm. So like they obviously were keeping him fresh for this game specifically. Yeah. I also think it's the same thing if Devin is that we've been complaining about he's RB1 he needs to be RB1. He was on the he was had 86% of the snaps. Yeah, he was So James Cook needs to like James Cook needs to improve to the fact of where he, that, that number gets 70-30. Mm-hmm. But but they, Zach Moss, I I say cut him. They play the top guns. Yeah. I mean, honestly, and like you said, I want to pop back to Leslie Frazier for a second. You mentioned he he's not been a head coach anywhere. Well, he's well with, he has with the Vikings. With the Vikings, but not since becoming this juggernaut defensive coordinator. And I think maybe this season toward, would be the one where, you know, if the Bills do go all the way, I mean, that where it might happen, there are teams that need head coaches. Look at the Carolina Panthers. I mean, they're and they've got a pretty solid defense right now to the point where he could step in and take that pretty well. But, I mean, I think offensively Singletary for me, because he's just back to motoring, you know, and then back to defense, Leslie Frazier. All right, before we before we go to who was bad, I have another you know question for any of you. Oh, well, any of you guys can answer. This is this is hysterical. Okay, who was the third highest graded bill according to PFF on Sunday? Oh, it was probably some really random player, huh? Get Did credit we? if you can name the first top two. Two. I'll, I'll I'll say if you guys can name the top three. Top two are easy. Top the third one. Diggs is probably top two. Allen. Allen's number one. No. Right? Maybe Vaughn. So, Diggs was one. Allen was two. Who was three? Uh, who's Va- Vaughn was number one defensively. But oh, so offensive player. Um, I, jeez, I don't. I'm, I'm gonna say like a Mitch Morse or something. Okay. Deion Dawkins. Deion Dawkins was fifth offensively. Mitch Morris was sixth offensively. The third overall. Questenberry. No, he got you with the sack. Well, the Tommy Sweeney. There. Yes, I knew it. He caught. He he. Oh, he did do some receiving. So he I, caught one ball. No, it's it's completely stupid. Like, what the? It's com- that, that it's, makes no sense. Well, How is the, Dawson Knox not the well, third? Let's put it this way: Sweeney actually has, to his credit, the last two games has been really good at blocking. So I think that has like majority to do with it. But the fact that he was the highest grade, Vaughn was only a seventy-seven point five, which I think is hysterical. But. Get, get, get the, Tommy Sweeney <laughs> up there. I can't believe that get, right now. Get it to the people who were bad. Uh, obviously, Saran Neal didn't play well. Um, okay, wait. I want to do an well, exercise. That's kind, of, that's kind of what was kind of expected. I didn't expect him to be great. So for offense here, I want to I 
three, two, one, and each. Let's let's all say it at the same time. See who see if we match up. Oh God. Okay. Right. One, one second. I gotta think of like my guy. <laughs> I, I already know my guy. Oh, I'm sorry. I know. I, right. I do know. Three, two, one. Isaiah McKenzie. McKenzie. Yeah. I I, got, I don't know why I forgot. I forgot no. He, he. Oh my God. That that was it was it was uh qu- just from that first didn't turn around quick enough to get the 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 quick pass the shuttle pass. So so. I will partially defend him on this one. It seems to me that the play was to either hand the ball off to him mm-hmm. or Josh run straight ahead. So what seemed to have happened is Josh read that if he handed the ball off to him, the outside defender was going to tackle him. So Josh pulled the ball. Then the off bolt, there's another defender that, so he drew two. So then all of a sudden McKenzie was open. That's why he pitched it. But that was an ad lib play. I'm not. No, I, McKenzie I, just wasn't ready for should it. Be, Allen should be a little bit blamed because I think that was a little bit of a reckless play. Mm-hmm. But McKenzie also needs to have his like turn to turn. He's got his head on a swivel. And if he if he in that situation, you need to fall on the ball instead of just kick it. But I'll def- I'll defend him a little bit on that one. The other stuff is indefensible. I when I saw that happen, I mean, my heart just sank. I'm like, this is happening all over again right now. It's <laughs> classic classic Bills right here. They're gonna just first drive, you know, and just blow it. But Mike, what do you think about the the rest of the catastrophe of McKenzie, if you will? I mean, I don't know. I, I think coming into this year, I thought he was going to be a little bit more impactful to an extent where I thought maybe he was going to be like that slot guy. And I can't say so far this year that he's really been like that main slot guy. Like Mm-mm. It's been mainly Diggs. Davis has kind of been like a deep threat playmaker. When Crowder was healthy, he was getting targets. Shakir kind of um, had his game last week. Yeah. Do you think um, we're missing bees at all? Mm, just I mean, for that third down slot guy. I don't think they're missing Beasley. I mean, maybe just that reliable over the middle guy. But like, I feel like we have guys that can do that. Like if you use right, like Dawson Knox or I th- you know Shakir and all that. I think Shakir should get more of his touch. I don't think they're missing Beasley. Um, but I, I think it's time for Shakir to get more of the the run instead of McKenzie. Yeah. Uh, McKenzie's just one of those guys that ball security has never been his friend. No, remember the punt returns and kick returns last year? He was fumbling all over him and uh, Marquez Stevenson. Well, they just never, they, you know, he dropped. Whatever happened to him? He's on IR. Oh, I don't yeah. know. But, but he's, who, on, he's on short. He's like, he could come back. Also, uh, who on, like, was on, uh, who was suspended for six games? Oh, uh, Andre Smith, but he yeah. got cut and then he's gone. Signed with as the soon Jets. as he's eligible to come back and practice, gone. Yeah, that was kind of funny. He's like posted <laughs> something on Instagram, like, I'm back. And then he got cut by the Bills. And he, signed, <laughs> he got signed with the Jets, so good for him. Yeah. Um, but he drops that ball in the end zone, which was just really poor awareness because McKenzie's one of those guys, not a great route runner, but has speed. So he could run against over, he could beat man coverage. But. I'll just like zone coverage is always his enemy because he doesn't read the defense well enough. And in that situation, he beat his man so cleanly that you just once you get open grass, you just had to stay put a little bit because the throw wasn't a perfect throw; it was behind him. But if he slows down and doesn't try and run at a hundred miles an hour, he, he he doesn't trip. He doesn't have to adjust, and it's a touchdown. And then he dropped that one ball first play from the two yard line, and was like, "Oh my god, yeah." I mean, it's uh, it's inexcusable at this point. I mean, for especially for a guy that's been a in the long. Yeah, he needs to listen. He's a good leader in the locker room. It seems 
he needs to go back to that gadget role, and then he needs to start giving Shakir more of his yeah more run. for like solid slot. It, it's got to be Shakir, but like you said, gadget. I mean, get the AGT guy on there. America's Got Talent. You know, sing the Backstreet Boys. He's got to well, got to got to dial that down a little bit. We got to come back to no. I don't think he needs to dial any of that stuff down. I, I hate when fans complain about players having fun. That but, was more of a joke than I, anything, I know. But, I know, I mean, but like, no, 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 no. I mean, like in general, <laughs> people would be, probably make that comment, but. If anything, show that uh, OBJ uh, has a spot on the team if you like it. Well, that's what I'm wondering here. I mean, do for the postseason, I mean, do we acquire OBJ on a short incentive-based contract just to, I mean, they probably he took won't. his contract in Bitcoin last year. I, mean, I don't let's just think be they honest. will. I don't, don't think they, so. They don't have the cap space. Even incentive-based? Get a cheap. No, I, don't. I don't think he would take it. I don't think he, he wants the Michael Gallup contract. The five-year, seventy million-dollar contract that the Cowboys gave to Gallup after he t- teared his ACL. I think in week. Did he tear his ACL in week eighteen? He's like mid. He's like towards the end of the year. I thought it was mid year. Could you yeah. see anything? He's back now. He's, yeah, he's back. Could you see any movement happening to bring him, or do they just keep it the same and not? I bring think they're him just on? gonna keep it the same and not bring it on. I if mean, he ma- takes a cheap deal. Yeah, but I don't think he will. I don't you think, think he he'll? I'm not saying like five years. No, but I, I don't think I think he no, but I think he you wants, think he wants that. I think he wants that. Or does he want the ring this season and then that? No, I think he wants to get paid. See, I think he'd take the ring this season and nah, with Von Miller, may, you know. Maybe. I mean, maybe at the end of the day he will, but right now I don't think what he will. What number does he wear? Cuz 13's taken, 3's taken. Three's taken. Who's 3? DeMar Hamlin. Oh, you're right. Who had a good game as well? He had an all right game. He had a brutal. He had a couple brutal tackles. Yeah, but still, overall, I'm talking. Not, not overall. He was. He had some bad moments. He was solid. He was solid, but yeah, good, not great. N- I wouldn't say good. Solid. Good for me is solid. No, no, solid. Good means like he was good. Solid. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> solid means like he was in that slightly below average, slightly above average, average tier. I'll say meh. Then that's what that means. All right. Mid. Mid. But uh, you know, fine, Joe. You know, let's do the defensive player exercise then. Let's with the counting down to three and all of us shouting a name. But I think it's gonna be interesting who we pick defensively. Who, uh, who, oh, who who, who pooped, is bad? Who pooped, pooped the bed? Who pooped the bed? Uh, okay. I gotta think mm, of someone. I, I think you're fast. gonna be. I think everyone's gonna be shocked by mine. Shocked. Okay. Ready? Who pooped the bed? I'm trying to think. I don't. Oh, man. Three, two, one. Taryn Johnson. Oh my god, you guys are so winning. I don't know. I, I wasn't going to pick anyone I don't think on defense. This, this is what I say. No one pooped the bed, but Taron minus that pick was pretty mid the whole game. I mean, yeah, he didn't really get he a lot of action. He was pretty poor. He gave up a couple receptions, had a couple missed tackles. He really wasn't having that great of a game. Um, But credit to him, he made the play when it mattered. So I think who was bad, I think that's like a little bit unfair. Quote unquote, yeah. Um, I don't think he, I think he had, for Taron Johnson's statue, I think he had like a below average game, but he made the biggest play when it mattered, so credit to him. Yeah, I don't know, it's, I wasn't really, I didn't know where to think when we were talking bad, but I, I can see that for sure, I mean. I bad, bad's too out of a word. Bad, I would, yeah, I, I would just say, I would just say who Mid. was, who was not the best, and I don't think he had his Below best average. He, below average. Say. He had a below average game. Yeah. I also think. Milano had a couple of splash plays, but he had a couple of moments that were that he was a little lost in coverage. But he had a very good game as well. Same thing happens. Yeah, I mean, but now, do you think anyone? I mean, just in general, the Allen Mahomes compared to Brady Manning all the time, like they're Mahomes is 
what's the record now? Yeah, moving on, moving on to talking about Allen Holmes. Exciting. Yeah, I mean, it's, what's the record for what? With like matchups now for them in general. Three and two in favor of Holmes. Right. So it's not, not, not catastrophically different here anymore. No, you know? and Mike made the um, good point of Allen is the first quarterback to beat Mahomes twice in Arrowhead. Yeah. Um, it, it's now just going to come down to Allen's guy beat Mahomes in the playoffs. Well, just think, then it's three and three, pretty even ground for me, if you ask, you know, I mean, but then again, like we talked last week, just you and I, on paper, until Allen does those things, there's always going to be this debate. Well, Super Bowl MVP, MVP, ring on his finger. It is interesting, though, I, I want to hear Mike has to say, but it is interesting to think that really in one year, Allen can really make a lot of ground if he wins Super Bowl and wins the MVP and beats Mahomes in the playoffs. Like, if he does those three things, like... It's pretty mm-hmm. much like he, I mean, if he's not right there, he, it is him. Um, the only thing I will say is that even if he does all three of those things, I think there's no doubt he's won. Um, but legacy wise, he would still be behind Mahomes probably because Mahomes beat him twice in the playoffs and Allen would have only beaten him once. Yeah, right. I mean, I eventually hope we're not the Peyton Manning side of this story. And we're the we end up being the Tom Brady end of it, but I think as of right now, people are still saying it's it's going to be that way, you know. Well, I mean, Manning still won two Super Bowls, right? But then so. Brady won. I don't care six or seven, however many. I, I I'll know. say this though, like still Hall of Fame quarterback, still right. still Hall of Fame quarterback, still won two championships. Like I would take a Peyton Manning career from Allen, if we're going to be completely honest about it. But Allen Mahomes, I think, are separating themselves from Manning and. No, they're Brady. better. I, I mean, I get the comparison. I don't but... think... I think they're more entertaining and have more talent. I don't know if better... Well, better, quote-unquote. I think styles. they're, they're yeah. modern. They're Brady the modern Man- quarterback. Yeah, it's a different era. Those two are statues. Yes. Allen and Mahomes are a lot more athletic. They can quarterback back do a then, lot more. Yeah, exactly. Quarterback back then was a pocket passer. It wasn't well, running around hurtling over people or doing anything magician-like where you're flipping passes right across the line of scrimmage at the goal line. Like, yeah, well the difference between those those these court this quarterback rivalry is that when Brady and Manning were playing each other, the most electric quarterback in the NFL was Michael Vick. Yeah. Or Don McMahon, if you wanna like think of another one. Not the most McNabb. winningest quarterbacks in the NFL. Yeah, but they were like the most electric. I would you could argue that Alan Mahomes are the most electric. Now obviously Lamar has a case to be said, but just if we're talking about overall passing and running, I think these are the top two. Mm-hmm. And Brady and Manning weren't that. Like they were great players, they had great teams, but they weren't the, at the entertainment level of Mahomes and Allen. No, they're and they, we're, yeah. We're they, just getting started. I, exactly. It's, it's, kind of, it's gonna be a long, long bout between these two. <laughs> you know. So with that, that's gonna be the end of our Buffalo Bills talk for this episode of the Buffalonian podcast, and we'll be right back with some. Sabres talk right after this. This edition of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs, featuring shows such as Sports Bring People Together. Listen to entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports, could be players, agents, and so on. And who knows where the conversation will take you, but sports got us together in the first place. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts, or simply visit sportseplus.com. And now, let's get back to the show. All right, we're back with the Buffalonian Podcast, rolling into the the Sabres topic here. We'll start with, um, we had a few extensions. You know, I think we had a GMK extension that was probably already mentioned, but 
we got a Granado extension, mm-hmm. and you know, one of my I might have bias here. He's probably my favorite player on the team right now. A Matias Samuelson extension. Yep. I mean, overall, what, what are you guys thinking of these extensions here? I'm all for it. I think what they have going right now is great. Granted, they're one and one, but two games they, out of eighty-two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you want to hear quick, my quick side point? I did correctly predict that they'd be one one. You did. I, I, I will say that. Thank you. Uh, but I have them going 50, 28, and four the, on the season. You going think this to this team winning <laughs> 50 games. You think yep, this team's yep. winning 50 games? I think so. I think the Granado effect is happening here. I didn't even I think this E-Pulse. team's lucky to win 40 games. I think, but... I, I, think I said 84 points. So. I thought about, uh, yeah, I mean, 84 I'm, wins. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> whoa. That's not even possible. We're, we're no. counting playoffs, I was like, that's impossible. <laughs> but I mean, I'm I'm all for it. I think Granado needs to stick around for the long haul. So does Kevin Adams. So I mean, it's it's cool to see how they've been working together. And you know, I mean, we'll talk about this. But game against the Panthers, they hung in there against the one of the number one teams in the NHL last season. So I mean, yeah, I think we'll talk about that. But I think Granado's contract extension is definitely warranted and earned. I'm not fully set on him being like the definitive coach of the future. I think he has to work on a couple of his own flaws, but definitely deserve, definitely, you know, help this team grow and provide stability to that position in the organization. The Samuelson contract, I think is, you know, it's another real big gamble. Seven years, $30 million, about $4.2 million. Yeah, just over 4.2 a year. I think it's like 4.28, I want to say. So it's an interesting contract. I don't care. Okay, I don't care about the fact that he never scored, has never scored a goal in the NHL. I think he's that's, not that type of defense. I think that yeah, I think that's dumb. That's a dumb thing to say. But uh, um, the fact is, so I mean, if you count the two games he's played, he's now only played fifty six games. So it's definitely an interesting move. But I think if he continues to grow and continue to be a top four D man, you know, you gotta wonder how much he would have got if he became an RFA. Mm-hmm. And also, how much, you know, discounts could potentially be having a long-term deal done before he, you know, the year before he's an RFA. So, it's definitely they're definitely looking at it as the fact of trying to get a long-term discount. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, here's here's the thing. This is what I'll say. You know, yeah, he's only played fifty-six games, but I think from what he's shown, he's more of that defensive defenseman. Mm-hmm. He's big, lengthy. He's a compliment to Darlene. He is. He allows Darlene to make the plays, push up. Samuelson can stay back. And I think they're relying on them having chemistry for the long haul. And I think, like you said, it's kind of been a small sample size, but it has been there. And with the NHL salary cap expected to skyrocket in the next you know, three to four years, prices of everybody's going to go up. Yeah. So... I think Adams is like, well, let's just take a risk at this guy, get him at four, which it's it, it's high, but if the cap's going up, it's that's, gonna it's that's gonna be a manageable nice. price, especially if he's a top pairing defenseman for seven years. It's a very good price to have him at. Right. I think it's an interesting price given his defense. You know, having a defensive defenseman skill set, it does it does come into question how much they are truly saving. Mm-hmm. Um, cause the defenseman for the Devils, Jonas, I'm not going to say his last, Siegenthaler. Siegenthaler, he signed a five-year, $3.4 million contract. And I think he's actually more proven than Samuelson and is truly an elite defensive defenseman. He's 25. Samuelson's a little younger. 
obviously Samuelson signed for a little bit more, so maybe they had a, more money because of that. But mm-hmm. it, it's just interesting that if you look at that as a comparable, that you know the Sabers got probably a slightly worse bargain compared to his comparable. But it's not the end of the. I don't think it's a big enough difference to really complain mm-hmm. about. But it's just a fact of how much are they truly saving. But again, they're buying all of the years. Pretty much in his prime, you know, his years of twenty. So yeah, right. you do have to, pay, you know, that does have a tax per se. But no, Kevin Adams is taking gambles. You know, with Samuelson contract, even the Tage Thompson contract. I mean, he only had one breakout campaign, so he's banking on he's going to sustain that for the next seven years, paying him over seven million. And that's another guy where it's like, if it fails, yeah, that's that's a hefty price. But if he can become that top line center. Nice consistently 30 goals 60 70 points that's a very manageable cheaper contract. than jeff skinner well it's in- <laughs> it's interesting the fact that i was complaining last podcast about their lack of rewarding people in the organization from ice time it, they don't have that like shyness giving out these contracts it's like with thompson as you said samuelson mm-hmm. Like they feel like they have something they're gonna sign you long term, so it definitely is interesting. I wonder if we're gonna see anyone more throughout the throughout the season. Excuse me, get signed. I would say no, because usually players don't like having in in season contract talks. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about someone later though that I think deserves one. But mm-hmm. uh, so you know, transitioning from Samuelson, obviously, I think I think overall, if I. If we had, you know, let's just go around one second and say what we'd give it. I think it's a B contract because I think it's a risk, but I think it has the potential to be an above average contract. Yeah. I, I I have bias. I think I like the contract a lot. I like that we're keeping him around. So I'm going to say A. I'm going to give it a B plus. I'm going to go right in between you guys. I mean, I'm, I'm a gambling man myself. You know, as you can see from the betting on the Bills pod, it took the Giants and the Jets. They both won, you know. Say I that liked, five more times. Like like the gamble, you know, and... uh that's what Kevin Adams is doing. He, he's putting all his chips in, and he's, he's splashing the pot, if you will, like a game of Texas Hold'em. And I, I like it. I, I mean, he's only going to get better, in my opinion, at least. I mean, I know there is the the the, the option of going down. But, I mean, I, I'm thinking along the lines of he's going to just develop and get better here and be a solid defensive man for the rest of his yeah. tenure here. So I, I'm, I'm giving it a B plus. Yeah, I no, that's. I think those are both fair grades. And then, thank you. We talk about you know extending your validation. The, uh, yeah, <laughs> you know. So you know we've been talking about here extensions, keeping guys around, bringing uh, old faces back. I think we all kind of figured RJ wasn't going to be gone. No, he was going to come back. He's in his new role with like social media and all that. Right, and so. he's been so connected to the franchise too. I, I mean, how can you detach at that point? It's like yeah. a part of him, you know. Mm-hmm. So, like it's, a leech. It's good to see him stay around the organization. Yeah, no, it's cool for sure. And the new dog favorite too. So yeah, and the dog. So Doggo. nice to have the dog, dog around again. Doggo two is here. So and then just you know simple moves. I think Bjork he cleared waivers, so he's down in Roch. Because Shane's off of IR. It's just weird that Bjork changed to fifteen, and now Shane has to wear eight. That's just my change. That's your gripe. That's your gripe. Yeah, dude. Andres Bjork looking good at ninety six. Change the jersey now because I changed Eichel's fifteen to John Hayden. Now I got to change it to Bjork. Just gonna keep I that think jersey. Keep the Hayden. Cir- I'm gonna just keep it in circulation, you know. <laughs> they just can't. They can't find that uh, a good replacement for that number. No, nope, no. Nope. Until there's a good one, I'm changing the name every time. But yeah, so I mean, they've only played two games. They beat Ottawa first game. Mm-hmm. Last game they lost to Florida. Um, I think overall those two games, they're they look good, but they're definitely far from perfect. Right. 
I would definitely. Agree I think with you that. could tell that we're a very young team. I think experienced. I think. Well, the Senators are a solid team. I know they're off to a little weak start, so they played a pretty poor first period against Ottawa, and then the last forty minutes was pretty much even hockey. Obviously, they get the four to one win, and then the Florida game they got. I mean, there's no other word to say that they got dominated in that Florida game. Yeah, that game was well. Again, that's the President's Trophy team from a year ago. Still, they right. got absolutely shellacked. And, and listen, they only lost by a goal. I, I think that's another thing that has to be mentioned is that while they did get outplayed, I would say they definitely got outplayed against Florida. And I think that Senders game they kind of stole a little bit because I think the Senders were slightly better, but it, it was close enough where goaltending mm-hmm. uh, could win in the game. Good for Craig Anderson, but the Florida yeah, game proved the Tom Brady of the NHL well, is on our team. The Florida game proved that. <laughs> While they got dominated, they were still competitive. They were down a goal the entire third period. and I mean, they didn't really have any chances in the third period because Florida did a good job shutting them down. Um, I would say a lot to improve on. And obviously, that's a young team. Mm-hmm. Uh, both In game two. What? It was only game two. Like two it's, games. It's only game know? two. A lot to improve on, both player-wise and coaching-wise. Yeah. Because uh, Granado butchered really butchered the end of that Florida game. The fact that your goaltender was only out after, like, was there 19 or 29 seconds left? Something like that. Yeah, they should have pulled him at a minute something. I don't know what they were doing. Listen, even, like, I know in the perfect world you have offensive possession, but the fact that matters, they weren't getting that. At some point, you just got to bite the bullet and get your goalie out. Right, because you either lose the game or you lose the game on an open net goal. You know, it's the same outcome unless you... You know what I mean? You got to just take the gamble yeah. and pull him out. So before I completely rip Granado, I do want to talk about. Let's talk about the positives first. I think that's that's important. So, Darlene's off to a really good start. Mm-hmm. Two goals, tie for the team lead. Mm-hmm. Team lead in points. Yep. Three in points. Craig Anderson, really good start. Mm-hmm. Really quality start. Good for him. Even um, what's his name? Comrie. Not Sean Connery. I Comrie. always think I think of James Bond when I hear his Eric name, Comrie. like Connery. Eric Comrie. Yeah, Eric Comrie. He he's he's had a decent Eric Comrie solid start. Mm-hmm. I thought he got strung out to the Wolves. So. Oh yeah, no trial by fire for sure. Yeah, so the against four Florida, go- <laughs> the four goals people are gonna look at that and complain about that. But I actually thought he played pretty solid. I actually think the Bryskin Labuskin pairing has played pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Samuelson and Dalian have been meh. They haven't been as dominant. Dalian obviously has the points, but you like to him for him to be a little bit more yeah dominant. Um. And then that line that I was super concerned about last pod, the Krabs Cousins Paterka line was just incredible. Yeah, uh, both games. I, the the Cousins numbers aren't as great, but I think that's a little misleading. I think he's played very well. I think Paterka's obviously Krabs. You know, I was hating on probably been you could argue their best forward to Paterka, and obviously you know Asplund has the best numbers, but him, Oposo and Gergensen have played their roles mm-hmm. very well. Uh, I think Tuck has played pretty well. I yeah. thought I don't think Quinn. I don't think Quinn has been bad. I don't think he's been great. I think he needs to slow down, mm-hmm. and he needs to make quicker decisions. Yeah, right. He's got to kind well, of process. He, he's things He's not going to be in the next game, so he'll you know just be able to relax, yeah, we'll watch talk, the game. Let's talk about that in a minute too. Yeah, but I mean, I don't. Know. What but do you think I, of Middlestat? Well, Middlestat played very good in the first period mm-hmm. against Ottawa. The last five periods, he sucked. Yeah. <laughs> 
He's he went he's from terrible. good Middlestead to classic Middlestead. So if we're talking about the good and like the mediocre, that's what we got. The bad is this: the power play's been brutal. I know that was that was so predictable. I'm sorry, yeah, so predictable. Get Casey Middlestead off the power play. Krabs has been very good five and five, terrible on the power play. Jeff Skinner's never been a good power play player. I have no idea why he's on there. Right. No, they need to put their most dominant players on the power Don't, play. That doesn't make any sense to me. The PK has been hit and miss because they gave up two power play goals, but they the discipline needs to improve because uh, they had four penalties against Ottawa. They had a lot against Florida as well. They need to improve in that area because they're not, they're not good enough to be giving up all these opportunities on the power play against, and they're not good enough to be terrible on the power play. Right. And that, that's cost them. Uh, the power Yuki Haru has just been an absolute train wreck. Yeah, and, no, I'm not liking that at all. And it hasn't all been... Yuki Haru has been terrible, but power has not been good. And we're two games in. Right, and technically it's his 10th game in the regular S- season. Still. So. Yeah, people are saying he's a bust at first overall. Like, yeah. really? Yeah, like, no. let's just take, take a minute here. He only played eight games last season in this two this season, so he's only played 10 regular season Dude's, games. what, 19 years old, 20 years old? He's yeah. nine. yeah, he worked, he's Relax. younger than us. Yeah, he's 19. Yeah, he, he just needs to slow, he, he kind of like Quinn just needs to slow down a little bit. Slow down just a tad. Uh, so that, li- that pairing's been bad. The first line, really predictable, that could have been bad, and it is bad because they're not producing any offense, and when no. you're that bad defensively, and then middle stat I, I, I talked about. So I think what needs to improve is that they, well, they did. We got to see a little bit of changes we're, in these we're, lines. We're gonna talk about the changes lines for a second. What I'm just gonna say that has been incredibly frustrating for me these two games is they did a good. The Sabers did a good job of providing opportunities for Kim Paterka to have spots in the team. Right. But I have just no idea why they didn't think to improve on the middle of Stan Olsen spots. It is really mind-boggling that they didn't. Really mind-boggling. Middle stat's been brutal. Olsen is just... whenever empty nighters. I know, it's unbelievable. Whenever a team plays like that 1-1-3 one, one, trap where they try and make you dump and chase, Olsen just can't do anything because Olsen is terrible defensively, terrible in transition, yeah. can't pass. The only thing you can do is shoot. Mm-hmm. And when you don't have, when, when the puck is in ca- either caved in your end or you can't get in the zone, This is just completely random. Shoot. It's completely random. Did you see Artemi Panarin's goal last night? Yeah. He had a, oh my God, it was a rip. No. That, that was, was a beautiful shot. It was top shot. right corner. No. <laughs> that thing was, was a, that thing, that thing was beautiful. Your Rangers are looking pretty nice. Dude, Artemi Panarin, 10 points in four games. Yeah, hard trophy? Yeah. He should have won it a couple years, two years ago. <laughs> yeah, he's um, making eleven plus million dollars. Are you so. missing? No, he's, <laughs> he's like what the third highest paid. Well, technically still the second highest paid because McKinnon's contract hasn't been in. Here's my question for the Sabers: Move away from those Rangers. Um, you miss? Are you missing at all, Lawrence Pilot? Do you think? No. Um, Could I think he be yeah, better I in think, some of these spots. I, I think he is better than Mickey um, Hardy right now. I think he's better than Bryson. So yeah, I, I mean, I'll screw with that. I think power, power with. Pilot. Uh, I don't know Double what the P. pairings would be, but I think have one right shot. I, I yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the solution is. They, I'm just. You think they screwed the pooch? I think. No, I'm not trying to be overtly negative. Um, the classic Sabers Sabers hater over here. No, I don't think they I'm screwed kidding. the pooch. I just think they've made moves that I think were predictable that they were gonna make, and then the moves that they made were there was like negatives that i think everyone thought were negatives and it's been proven through two games and obviously we're two games in uh but i don't think mel stats going to turn around i don't think yoki is going to turn around and i think olsen is what he is at this point so when you look at those three players it's kind of it's tough 
Yeah. Um. So you know, looking ahead, obviously they play tonight against Edmonton. Eric Comrie gets to start. I want to talk about the lines because I think this is what coaching has to do with it as well. I don't know what Granado saw, but he really made a mistake with the lines the first two games, and it really cost. I mean, they're lucky to get a win. They, they really, they didn't play well. And, like, he changed it up a little bit at the end of that Florida game, but it was brutal. And I think yeah. the idea of taking Tuck off the line and giving him to a struggling center like Millsat is not a bad idea. But when you don't improve the Olofsson spot, where you have an actual top six forward that can help out, is where you get screwed. Because then Olofsson's a guy where it's like, where do you put him in the lineup? So now... They're putting Asplund with Millstan Olsen. This is where I've talked about <laughs> my guy that needs an extension. My man Asplund needs to get extended. Mm-hmm. I agree. Be- because what they're literally telling everyone you can see is Second that, line. Is that Middlestad and Olsen need a babysitter. And Oh yeah. And they need someone that's like, hey, make these guys play all right. And they're just tossing this man out there. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's an interesting <laughs> cousins Hestroza played well together. Um, last year, obviously, Paterkis played very well. It's interesting that they moved that, they broke up Krebs from that line. Uh, but then having Krebs with, you know, Gergensen's and Oposo, I think is solid. You know, you get good defenders, good defensive players, plus also guys that are good on the boards where uh, Krebs struggles. So Krebs can kind of just be kind of in the middle of the ice and make passes. And then obviously putting Tuck back with uh, Skinner and Thompson. Hopefully that helps yeah. that line. I think it yeah. will. I mean, I, I like the first line. It's very, uh, I mean, it's your most dominant guys, quote unquote, you know? So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I, I 100% agree with you. Asplin needs to be extended. Like, there's no question about it. They threw, like, I, I, when you said babysitter, it made me flashback. These two are like Jack Jack from The Incredibles with that babysitter. They need someone there to keep him in check. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, throwing out that old Pixar knowledge, but I mean, it, 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 it was bad. It, it's been rough the past couple of weeks. You know what I mean? Like, just the way the lines were. And I think this is better. I think this is a start. I think you got to just kind of wait it out and see how people play and go from there, you know? I think that's a start. And I think it's interesting that they're healthy scratching Quinn. But I think they're just trying to... It's a learning experience for him. Development. Development. I think if I was the head coach, I would... My final lines would be I would put Asplin back to center... I would put Quinn for middle stat and just do what you did in the opening lines, not play middle stat. <laughs> That's what I said. This do or die. That's what I've been saying, and he's dying. He's dying right you, now. If you look at it, I think Kenestroza is better than middle stat. So. I hate to say that, but I, I definitely agree so, with you. So he deserves to be playing over him. But, I mean, we'll see, man. Like I, I, I doubt they do it because, God forbid, they love Casey Middlestat. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the first period of that first game, I'm like, wow, he's playing competently. He's passing all right. Like, things are going well. Are we looking at a new Casey Milstead? Then from that point forward, absolutely not. He's, he went <laughs> reverted to his old form. Well, he, it's like the whole Casey Milstead hive came out after the game. A lot of game, like, oh, Casey played very well. And I was like, okay, yeah, he played good for the first 20 minutes, but he was brutal on the power play. Mm-hmm. He's getting PP one time. Yeah, if you say that on Twitter, you'll be personally attacked by any Casey Middlestaff follower. So, I mean. I know. So, the three games that. Four. Well. Four-game road trip. It is, it, okay. Uh, you'll count no, the week. Sabres okay, after okay. dark. So, let me make fun of Mike here, because I know that this is a four-game Western road trip, but we are we will be recording the 
we're obviously recording now on Tuesday, so we'll be missing the our reaction to the Sabres Oilers game, and then we will be recording next Tuesday, which will be the Sabres Kraken. So we will have three games to discuss next pod, which will be the Oilers game on Tuesday, the Flames on Thursday, and then the Canucks on Saturday. So I think all three of these teams are pretty solid. The Canucks keep blowing two goal leads, which I think is hysterical. Three in a row. Well, yeah. that's what your personal phrase there, your catchphrase. Two 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 goal lead is the the most dangerous lead in the sport. So. Dude, it is. It's the most dangerous lead in hockey. And then the Flames are obviously a Stanley Cup contender. So the Oilers, but the Oilers continue to have like, like defensive and problems. Settle. That's yeah. all I'd say. Yeah. So uh, I correctly predicted that the Sabers would be one one. I'm going to say that the Sabres are going to go 1-2 and two in the next three games. I'll say 2-1. 2-1. and, one. Two and one. They're going to beat Edmonton. They're going to lose to the Flames. They're going to beat Vancouver. Yeah, I think they lose to the contender, but Vancouver and mm-hmm. I, I think that's McDavid a David will put up like three points, though. Yeah. Right. I, I got one, too. I'm an optimistic guy. I, I want the Sabres to do well. Well, I mean, you're pretty gosh darn optimistic. You wait, said wait, wait. Get so when you say one and points. two, is there an overtime loss or just no, two win. regulations? Two regulations. They okay. get two points. Yeah, okay. 50, 50 wins. That's my... Uh, what, why don't you Cause, give cause, your... Because if we're being honest, I think they're going to beat the Kraken on two. Like, I think they're going to split the road trip is what I'm saying. Okay. But, like, obviously, we have, we have three games to talk about, so... Yeah. Okay. Uh, so in a hole, they're 500. In a hole, I think they're going to end the road trip 500, but we're not going to be talking... The Kraken game wouldn't happen the next time we record. Okay. So I, I I think they're gonna lose the Oilers. They're gonna you know I'm gonna say they're gonna lose the Oilers. They're gonna beat the Flames and they're gonna lose the Canucks. Wow. I'm, I'm gonna change it up a little bit. Wow. Look at that. That's uh. It's a good. I like that. Honestly. Thank you. I mean, I'm finish. not I'm not agreeing. With How it. many games will Jack Quinn play in his next three games? I say one. He'll miss two games. He'll miss two games, and then he'll be back for the last two. All right. Nobody about you, Joe. One I mean, game? honestly, I'm just trying to think about it. I mean, it's just, I think one game. Yeah, I think Comrie starts tonight. Well, I know he starts tonight. I think Anderson starts Thursday, and then I think it's a toss-up for Saturday. I remember when you two were going at it about Anderson last year, and what? what I mean, I, I said I was fine with him coming back. Yeah, what are you thinking now? Big I mean, guy? it's been one game. It's been one game, but I th- you know, credit. I never. I think Anderson in a short. Spot could be good, but UPL is still yeah, that's, not just If I recall, yeah. that's what I said. Yeah, but, I said Anderson but, as but a three was please, fine. Where's UPL? And then, and then literally, you guys were like, oh, no, he, should, he shouldn't even I, be on the roster. I was not included okay. Shouldn't in even that. be on the roster. I was the bystander. And I said he's fine mentor, number three goaltender. This is all I will playing say. Playing 20, 30 games. This is all I will say. Uh, I did call him wait, wait, dog, on, dog shit on a football field. I do remember that. This is what I will say. Where is UPL? Right now? Yes. In Roch? Yep. And he would not be in Roch if Anderson was on the team. Yeah, but I honestly think he should start in Roch. Oh I think God. so too to get playing time. I think it's he not be about. Playing. Yeah, it's just about like where he's getting games. I think he should be playing in the NHL. I'm fine with him starting the right, year. But in would Roch. you rather sit the bench that the, the whole season? In the mid-season, he's not Anderson, sit the bench. If he mid-season and Anderson starts, will be a healthy. But what scratched. if they they want to use Anderson and Comrie, and then you just you gotta you gotta drop another player at some That's point. That's what I'm. Si- okay, yeah, Sheehan is really Sheehan gonna like. I mean, I got I, I I could see where you're coming from, but I'd rather him get game after game in Rochester. Well, to start now that the they season. locked into doing that because they re-signed Anderson, which I was saying they shouldn't have done. That's why I was against the Anderson thing. Uh, it's worked out so far through one game, as Mike said. My last see. my last question before we move on to our fun stuff: uh, Who do you think is going to be the leading goal scorer for the Sabers after five games? Tuck, Darlene. Dalian's currently at two. You think he's gonna be? Really, how, how, you think he's gonna? What's score? he on pace for? Eighty-two or something? Wait, goals, goals or goals, points? Goals. Well, let's, let's do goals and points. How about that? Oh, okay. Goals, Olsen. Points, Dalian. Okay, he's gonna think Olsen's gonna bounce back. Uh, I would agree, points, Dalian. But I would have to say, 
that unfortunately, Party in the USA is gone. I think Skinner has an outing this next game. Really? I think I think Patrick will be leading in goals. What is his goal song again? The new one? Skinner's? It's not Party in the USA anymore. It's Whitney Houston. I dance oh, somebody. I want to dance with somebody. I'm a little sad to see the, the Party in the USA go. It's still a good goal song. But uh, Patrick is going to be the leading goal scorer through five games. And I think Dowling will be the leader in points. So, with that being said, we're going to hit you with the Would You Rather trivia right after this on the Buffaloni Podcast. This edition of the Buffalonian Podcast is brought to you by the Cast Source Podcast Network, a podcast network built with and for entrepreneurs, featuring shows such as Sports Bring People Together. Listen to entrepreneurial conversations with those in sports, could be players, agents, and so on. And who knows where the conversation will take you, but sports got us together in the first place. Find this show wherever you listen to podcasts or simply visit sportseplus.com. And now let's get back to the show. All right, Buffalo and Podcast, we're back here. Would you rather, we're going to get right into it. Would you rather be a great player with a tarnished legacy or a mid player who is kind of forgotten? Like, so like Barry Bonds is like a great player, but he has a tarnished legacy because he used pens. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And then like I, A-Rod? Not Rodgers, but like A-Rod. Yeah, you know, like great, like steroids. Barry Bonds, steroids, all that. I guess you could say like Pete Rose, even like Antonio Brown. Mm. See, I, I, I wouldn't want to Or like a achieve... mid player who like, if like he played for your team, you'd remember him, but like nationally wise, See, you wouldn't be do remembered. I get to pick what my, tar- my, what, why my legacy is tarnished? No. No. Mm. It just gets tarnished. I'm not, I'm not about that. I'd rather be a mid player yeah. playing for the Bills with a great fan face and everyone in Buffalo remembers me for what I did. That's all. I mean, it, it's like a guy like Kyle Orton. Like who talks about Kyle Orton other than when he came into or play like, for the Bills? Like, you know what I mean? That's like, a good one. Like, yeah, yeah. If I would be able to control my tarnished legacy, I would say that one. But well, what would it be? In- injury prone. See, that's not a tarnished. That, yeah, I mean, that's not tarnished like, legacy. Yeah, it is. CMC, no, Antonio Brown. CMC is showing his genitalia C- to kids okay, in a pool. Okay, that's okay, a tarnished okay, legacy. CMC's legacy is getting tarnished by everyone calling him injury prone and all that stuff. But then again, you can argue he's just a mid player that he's not. He's CMC, nah, CMC's he's, not mid. That's what I'm saying. His legacy is getting tarnished because everyone calls him injury prone. Like, tarnished legacy by like a scandal. Is that okay. what you're? Yeah, like yeah, it, like scandals. Yeah, not like by cheating, injury. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. Like, I mean, you like Anto- off the field issues. Yeah, like Antonio Brown's abuse. a perfect example of that. That kind of stuff. Yeah, flashing children no, in a pool. Okay, okay, it's easily mid. Like I'm easily saying it's mid player, but I'm saying if I can control it, if we if we would consider injury prone to be a tarnished legacy a little bit, I would say that one. Oh, hundred percent. But, but like, I know scandal, what you're saying. Absolutely not. No, yeah, no. I know. Okay. Yeah, no, I agree. So now we're rolling into trivia. Right into trivia. Um, these ones are, might be a little difficult. Okay. Oh God. So, <laughs> remember he said that the first week, and then neither of us actually. There right. were a couple that actually. So the, were Buffalo, like the Buffalo Bills, they've had a lot of players on their roster all time. Um. You know, obviously, um, they've hit every letter of the alphabet. Oh, God. So, I'm thinking, players with the last name that started with a Z, how many have there been? <laughs> We're going to go impossible mode. Oh, my gosh. What? I'm going to just throw a number out here right now to give us a baseline. 15. Dude, what? That's so high. No. <laughs> Too high. I would have been like five. We're under, oh, no, no, we're under 15. Oh, 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 
Uh, let's start with this. No, baseline. you had your guess. We're let's, not doing this well, anymore. Okay, I'll start with the base on a five. Five? You guys pretty close. Four. Okay. See, that's not. Okay, wait. I'm trying to even think of like who who it was. Who, no, I'm trying to think who the last like player that Justin Zimmer was the last. Oh, talking about like last name. Yes. Oh, I was thinking like first name. Zay Jones. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, no, I'm no, being no, serious. No. That's what I was last thinking. name. Oh. Z. I'm just surprised it's four then. I Justin put... Zimmer, Connie Zelnick, Dusty Ziegler. So you would have gone higher Zucker. if you thought it was last name too. Is that what you just said? I'd have about like eight if it was last name. <laughs> that's why I, I think like it'd be higher if it's the first name. No. What? Yeah. It's th- Zach. You're right. Oh, you're yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. You're right. This is a smart guy. Yeah. Goofy. Hey, okay. listen, I was one off. <laughs> All right. Oh, my God. Saber's question. <laughs> it doesn't matter the logic how I got there. I got there. Exactly. Saber's question. How many goalies in Saber's franchise history have more than 100 wins? Just a uh, number. All right. Time on top. Time on. Let's think this through. We can't do this. Yes, we can. He yes, wants we can. us to do separately. No, no, no. Because he, he just doesn't want us to guess over and over. That, that is yeah, lame. you get one guess yeah. each. Okay. okay. All right. All right. So, so now we're putting our heads okay. together. Okay. Hashik, mm-hmm. Ryan Miller, mm-hmm. or two. Can't forget about Tom Brady wait, 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 in the on, NHL t- right now. Tom, what? Tom, Craig Anderson. Stop, stop, stop. No, no with, I'm kidding. Okay, okay, okay. We got two. Okay. I I think Boran got there, so that's three. Mm-hmm. Uh, Todd, Tom Barrasso, I think, got there. Don Edwards. I'm going to go... I'm going to say my guess. Six. I'll go five. It was six. No, who's the sixth person I forgot? Bob Savi. Okay, I'm okay. Would I get five of the six at least? Yeah, no, you're right. All right, so I, you know, I Miller, Hoshik, got the names. Edwards, okay. Brown, Brasso, Savi. Who, who's what, what years did Savi play? Do you know? Oh goodness. Uh, yeah, look, at that. I have no idea who that. I'm being serious. I have no idea who that is. That was definitely probably in the uh, 70s and 80s. Let's see. He I, played with the Sabers from 1976 till 1985. Yeah. Okay. Would never have got that one. See, that was a good logic. What would, what would your guess have been if we didn't set that one down? Probably like eight, eight. Like I would have said. You probably would have gone a little higher. A little higher, yeah. yeah. So last question. Um, you know, in the spirit of the NHL being back, I want to ask an NHL question again. The National Hockey League. So obviously, we all know the original six teams. Well, I don't know if Joe knows the original. Do you want me to label the original? Yeah, six? label the original six. Montreal yeah. Canadiens, Toronto Maple Leafs, New York Rangers, Boston Bruins, Chicago Blackhawks, Detroit Red Wings. Okay. The original six teams. That's all locked down. I locked down. So, <laughs> of the original six, which one has the least amount of all-time wins? All-time wins? Yes. Oh, definitely not the Canadians. Can you label them one more time for me? Oh, yeah, I got them. Definitely not the Canadians. Because mm-hmm. the Canadians have like 20, 20 some, Stanley Stanley some Stanley Cups. Not the Rangers. Oh, yeah, I went to the Rangers. Detroit probably no, because Detroit had that 25-year stretch where they were dominant. Yeah. So I would assume that they wouldn't. It's between. So it's Chicago, Detroit, and Toronto. I'm going to go. I'm oh, sorry, Chicago. No, you said Detroit. New York. Good. And Boston, excuse me. So it's Chicago. Boston was really mid for a couple, like, really long time. So is Chicago. Chicago didn't win a Stanley Cup. Like, they had a 50-year drought. I feel like, I feel like the. The answer, like he's trying to bait us in Toronto because we hate Toronto. If you're working together, you get one answer. But I'm, I'm, I must say Chicago. Do you have an answer? Yeah, I'll hop on that with him. It is Chicago. Oh my god! <laughs> no, because I was gonna say Maple Leafs. Like the most, as a the most is Montreal. The second uh, I believe was Toronto. Yeah, I, I, so I, I just I, hating the Maple Leafs. I know, was gonna sway the question. Yeah. 
So I was like, I couldn't, I yeah, couldn't devise. Chicago is the least. The Flyers had the most wins of a non-original six team. Were they higher than any of the original six teams? Mm-mm. The original oh, six seven. top six. Flyers are seven. Sabres? Who's were 11. five? Who's five? Rangers. Oh. oh. Sabres uh, were 11. You know who's what? at the bottom? Seattle? Well, there was actually 30. <laughs> actually 39 teams. Uh, how many teams? Uh, 39. Uh, oh. I believe it was the Wanderers. The Wanderers. I was gonna say the Los An- the what, what the San Diego Seals. California Golden Seals. Okay, well, California close. Golden Seals close. with their white skates. <laughs> yeah, no, they had the California Golden Bears too. Craig Morton played for them in college. Sorry, there's a little <laughs> little, little football <laughs> stat there. Craig Morton. I mean, he went on to win the Super Bowl with Denver, like Super Bowl five, and then with the Cowboys Super Denver Bowl seven. Denver did not win Super Bowl five. Yeah, they didn't, dude. Denver didn't they won win, Super Bowl De- like thirty. Yeah, Denver didn't win two. Didn't start winning the Super Bowls when they went back to back in the late nineties. My guy, they lost Super to Bowl Dallas. Five was probably like they lost. Miami. Wasn't that their perfect season? Wasn't that no? Dallas beat the uh, the Colts beat Dallas in the last Super second Bowl Five. What was Super Bowl Five? Let's see. Super Bowl Five. Super Bowl Five was oh, definitely okay. the Colts beating the Cowboys. So Wasn't Super Bowl Four. So the Jets won in Super Bowl three. No, Super Bowl four was the Chiefs over the. Okay, so Vikings, wait, he Craig Morton led the Cowboys to a victory in Super Bowl five, and the Broncos to victory in Super Bowl, uh, twelve, I believe. XII. Super Bowl five was the Colts over the Cowboys sixteen thirteen. So what was the Dolphins? Super Bowl six must have been. Yeah. Yes, because the Colts beat the Cowboys. What, in Super what Bowl Super Bowl five. is it this year? Fifty six. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, there is seventy two. Yeah. Is the Dolphins so Super Bowl six? Okay. What is XII in Roman numerals? Twenty one or no twelve? I said twelve yeah. earlier. Twenty one is. Did he, okay? So the he played with the Broncos in Super Bowl twelve. They did not win though. Yeah, they lost. They probably lost to Dallas. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sidetrack, but yes, a little sidetrack at the end. A little more trivia. Before we end, uh, obviously, as listeners, you could tell we did not do the rundown. Uh, oh yeah, we are rip rest in peace. Rundown. Thinking of taking a little bit of a break from the rundown, but we are probably in the next month or so we'll return when the Amherst season gets a little bit deeper into their season. Yeah, more interesting so to talk about. We can actually fill it up. Yeah, <laughs> not just a couple stats. You know, yeah. that'll really be it. But make it worth your while. Yes, exactly. But without further ado, that's going to end it for the Buffalonian podcast. I'm Joe Kelly, and I've been joined by Dom Loss and Mike Marino. And Dom, how do you always end these? Go Bills, baby. Go. Bills. I don't care. My picks are my picks. I'm not I don't s- care. I listen, don't care. Listen, your picks are your picks, but we're not we're not supposed to be giving advice to people. We're supposed to be giving our picks and giving the the records of our picks. No, we're supposed to help people might listen to us and be swayed by our picks. But you're not swaying anyone by your picks because you're just saying, oh luck. What? Most of them hit. It doesn't mean that you're that doesn't just because your outcomes are good doesn't mean your thought process is good. So what? Anyone can have their own thought process. Someone wakes up and has an itch on their stomach. Oh man, that means I'm taking the Giants today. That's 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 like a suspicious thing. What? Yeah. <laughs> but people think, oh, I put a purple shirt on why today, would so that's any... a Ravens bet. Like that that's just it's not necessarily all statistics not... based. Gambling is by the gut. I... What you think? It's not all statistics based. But why? So what? I have a baseless claim about the Giants. So you, absolutely, absolutely so, demolishing so, the Ravens. So, so wait, if you wake up and you think the Jets are going to win the division because they're three, I bet two. on them. Not for the division. That's outlandish. I'm talking game by game. A divisional bet. That's different. 
or winning the conference. That's, that's, that's big. That's a whole season bet. I'm talking game by game. Any given Sunday, that's all I can say. Any given Sunday. You keep calling up these metaphors. Any given Sunday, that's not a metaphor. Of course, that's fact. Any given Sunday is, is an absolute fact. Right, so any given Sunday, the Giants could well, be the Well, you could point that out any pick you make. That doesn't mean it's a good pick. Exactly, and I can pick what I want. I don't have to pick based on what I'm the on-paper best pick is. I, honest to God, I don't care that you pick the Giants. I'm not saying that's even a bad pick. What I'm saying is a bad pick is your thought process. It doesn't make any sense to me. My thought process is my thought process, and it makes sense to me, and it has gotten the same record outcome that you have. So there's no reason that I shouldn't rock with it right now. We'll see. So like, all, all I got to say is yeah, I, I disagree, but we'll, we'll see. All right. Dom will be going 0-6 next week, and I will be 6-0. and And we'll be coming back at you Tuesday with the Buffalonian Podcast. I'm Joe Kelly. Dom, how do you always end these? Go Bills, baby. Go Bills. <laughs>